Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now this morning, I wanted to do a once-off sermon. And as I started preparing and going through it, I realized this might become three. <laughs> it might become three sermons. And today, I'm going to speak about something that that might maybe offend you a little bit or maybe let you think a bit and it might l- feel to you like oh any is that grace that you're talking about is that is that but wait till the end as god put the scriptures together this morning now all of us through our lives had to speak in front of people before now i know our certain all of us have different kind of jobs and some of our jobs actually have you have to speak in front of people but I'm talking about when you had to do that first toesprak, or what do you know, that, that speech, you know, the oral, or the speech in class, or in matric. Or and for some of us, I mean, it is an absolute scary thought. But some of us thrive on that. Now, I was never good at that until God started speaking to me that, that I'm going to be a pastor, I'm going to preach. I saw a vision, how I spoke in front of thousands of, of people, and... I realized that, wow, Lord, if you want to do that in my life, I need to start speak up and, and everything that I do. So, and then started, God started growing that in my life and, and I had an opportunity to speak in front of 3,000 people and, and there was a lot of opportunities and it feels the same as talking to two or three or 10, 15 people. Now, I don't know if some of you, the worst thing for you is to do a speech or to speak to someone, but it's the worst thing when you're talking to people and they're not listening. Now, I'm not talking about you guys today. <laughs> when you, uh, maybe, maybe summary, <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> but when you, when you talk about, when you speak to people or to a crowd of people, you can see the half of them are sidetracked. Now, I had, I had this one privilege where I spoke to 700 youth, like tiener, and um, in a church in, in um in Joburg and they invited me to come and preach and I had this amazing 20 minute sermon I thought my youth can only concentrate for 20 minutes so I'm going to do a 20 minutes or maybe 18 15 20 minutes and get them just to focus but all through my sermon 80% of them were on their cell phones they're chit-chatting and they I mean none of them listening and I had to do I'm just like okay everybody stop everybody stand up show me your phone (laughs) Put on your, your, your light. I mean, they love that. And they said, okay, switch it off and put it in your pocket. I want to see. <laughs> and it was absolutely, it was bad. I mean, I, it was so discouraging to see that they don't listen to me. But how about when you're in a conversation with someone one-on-one over a coffee table, on, 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 over coffee, and as you were sharing your heart and you're speaking to them, they, they, every time they're on their phone and they're looking, and you can see they drift away, and you're actually sharing your heart. I mean, it's discouraging, isn't it? When someone don't listen to you, especially when it's your wife or your husband, <laughs> and you want to share your heart and they don't listen. <laughs> I see some very bad looks. Yeah. Now, when our children were younger, and they could barely speak, when, when all of our children are two, three, four years old, and they almost there, they, 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 they want to say something, but they can't. You want them to listen and do something, but they don't understand, and it's just a mess. And, uh, but we as parents know our kids, and it's our kids, and sometimes we can be w- get worked up, and maybe we can get some, some we can get stricter, and it's like, listen, you need to listen to me, because we're their parents, you know. <laughs> but how about 
imagine speaking to our mayor of our town and demanding that he listens to you. I mean, what do you think would the outcome of that be? I mean, not too great. I mean, who are you? But how about maybe the president of our country? You walk into his office demanding that he need to do what you say he needs. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. He would laugh at it. Firstly, he won't get into his office. <laughs> but, but think about it. Think about it. Now, of course, we know it's ridiculous to think that the president of the country would listen to us when we walk in and demand action. But how about God? How about God? If we think about the mayor, yes, it's possible to walk into the mayor's office. Um, maybe there is a possibility to walk into the president's office with the right connections. And will they listen to you? But let's just take that all out of the picture and let's speak. How about our Father God who created us, who loves us? See, have you thought about if God would listen to you if you speak to him? Do you think, how many of you have thought about that? And do you think he would do what you ask if you speak to him? I know it's an out there thought. But I think about these, I don't know if you've realized that I think about a lot of things a lot. <laughs> but but how, how do you think when you speak to God in a challenging situation, and there's always a thought like, Lord, I just hope maybe today you'll do something. Come on, let's just be honest. When I go through a challenging situation, I don't know how to buy food for my family or do this or I need to do this. And Lord, please help me. But there's always that thing. And that's how we grow in our faith with God. It's like the more our faith grows, the less our doubt becomes. But there's always that place where, Lord, if I speak to you, will you listen to me? Will you listen to me? Now, my, my, my topic of my sermon, and it might be become a series, let's see, in the open weeks as we do our driving. The topic of my sermon today is God is ready to act. God is ready to act. You see, God is ready to act if we are bold enough to ask. He's ready to act if we are bold enough to ask. But so much, so many times we're not bold enough to go to him and say, Father, I want this, please. And they think, no, maybe, he's, I don't think God's going to hear me today. It's, it's maybe just a stupid question. I'm not going to ask. But because we don't ask and we're not bold enough to ask, there's no provision. There's no moving of his hand. Now, how many of us has really thought about it that God actually want to listen to you? He actually want to listen to us. Now, a proven psychological fact is that every person has a bigger need to be heard than to listen. <laughs> now, really, it's that they've got a bigger need to, 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 well, what it, to, to be heard than to listen. Now, I would rather speak about myself than anything else. I would rather speak about, if, I don't know if you've, if you've heard that, that I walk into a conversation, I've got a little book that I've, I've read 10 years ago, and, and it's about listening to people. And the guy started out with the sermon, he said that people want to, to speak about themselves 70% more than they want to listen to others. It's quite amazing. And I started actually being attentive to it. I actually started listening when I'm in a conversation. How much people ask me, so how are you doing? Because I'm so, I'm so 
wired like that, then that I would always ask people, how are you doing? Because that's, that's just how my heart is. But how many times in a conversation have you been in where people actually turn around and say, but no, no, enough about me, tell me about you. And I think as Christians, God has called us to, to be attentive to listen more than to speak less. Uh, it's good to speak and to share your heart. And there need to be open conversations where you feel safe enough that you can speak and share your heart. And just you just need sometimes need someone that can listen to you. Now, a lot of people today would say, oh man, yes, God listened to us, but not necessarily do everything we ask. I've been in so many conversations like that. I know God can hear me if I pray and if I speak, but I don't know if he always do what I ask. Now, it might come over religiously, what I'm just saying, but bear with me. Or people would say, man, God did not have time for me today. He's busy. Coming out of a religious perspective. Now, today I want to look at an Old Testament story that will prove that God wants to listen to us, and he actually do listen to us every day, and he wants to move his hand what we ask. Now turn with me, if you've got your Bibles here this morning, turn with me to, to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10, and maybe you know exactly where I'm going to, but I hope that I'm going to take something out this morning that, that, that really is going to bless you. It's going to show you something that you haven't seen before. Now, Joshua chapter 10. If you've got your Bible with you. Now before we get there, turn there if you're there. I'm going to give you a bit of a background before we dive into the scripture. Now this is the background of Joshua chapter 10. We know that Joshua, this, this, the book of Joshua starts with Joshua being called by God to step up as a leader. Said, but Moses, my leader, my leader is dead. Now Joshua, it's your turn to step up. It's your turn to step up. Are you ready? And, and as they went over the Jordan River, as they went into the promised land, so, so many things. I always thought as a child, as they went over the Jordan River, they walked into Jerusalem and they had their promised land. And <laughs> absolutely not. They had to fight battles for months and months to get to Jerusalem, to get into the city that God has promised to them, that promised land, the country. Now, Joshua and the nation of Israel went over the Jordan River and they destroyed the city of Ai. Destroyed the city of Ai. Now, Ai was a big fortified city, one of the cities before you get to Jerusalem. And, and they, 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 they literally destroyed the whole city and they only kept the livestock and the, the spoils for them as God told them. And because of that, a bunch of nations in that promised land heard about the Israelites. It's like, oh my goodness, these guys are coming. We are in trouble. Because their God has conquered the, the, the Egyptians, the most powerful nation in the world. They went over the Jordan River in flood like literally in flood, God stopped the river's flow. It was miracle upon miracle. They came to Ai, the first fortified city. They destroyed the city. So people were trembling. So the Gibeonites, there was a place called Gibeon. And the Gibeonites heard of this. And they thought, man, we are not going to be second in row to be destroyed. So they actually, they fooled Joshua and Israel. They, they, they wore torn up clothes and they, they put bread in baskets and, and presents in the donkeys but they took bread that was old and, and um, 
moldy. There we go. To look like they came from far. And they went to Joshua and the elders and said, listen, we came from far. We want to make a peace covenant with you. That whoever attacks you attacks us. And whoever attacks us attacks you. And we will. And here, look, we've brought presents. We came so far that the bread is moldy already. And Joshua and elders in the Bible actually said, without, without consulting God, they made a covenant with the Gibeonites. Without consulting God. Not knowing that they only two-day journey from there is Gibeon. Not knowing that. And there was a king in Jerusalem, and he heard about the, the battle of Ai and the city of Ai. And then he heard about the Gibeonites made a covenant of peace with Joshua and Israelites. And he got scared. And he realized that they are coming for Jerusalem. They're coming for Jerusalem. What are we going to do? So he immediately went to the four most powerful kings in, in, the, in the area. And they sat together and said, listen, Joshua and Israelite made a covenant with Gibeon. They made a covenant with Gibeon. Let's take them out. Let's take Gibeon out. So they pulled up with thousands and thousands of men and horses to take out Gibeon and Gibeon realized oh we're in trouble what did they do they ran to Joshua because they had a covenant and they came to Joshua and said listen we, had a, we have a covenant with you the king is coming to take us out and Joshua said well why did you lie to us you're only two days walk or two days journey from here and they said well we were scared and it's like and then Joshua said well because of that you will be our servants for the rest of your life and um, so what did Joshua do they saddled up the horses because of a covenant, saddled up their horses, and they rode through the night for a day and a half to attack the kings at morning, at dawn, to surprise them. Isn't that amazing? Because of a covenant. You just, you just lied to me. You did all these things to me. But because I have a covenant with you, and I know I didn't listen to God as I should have, but because I have a covenant you, I'll rode through the night and I'll fight with you. Now, now we get to Joshua 10, verse 12 to 13. Here we go. 12 to 13, verse 12. I'm reading from NIV if, you, if, you, if you're wondering. Now, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Now, just stop there. They were busy literally winning this fight. They were, I mean, they were, they caught these kings so off guard that literally they were killing them left, right, and center. And, and they were fleeing and they were chasing them. And I mean, and then Joshua said, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, they were busy winning. Joshua stood up and he said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Isn't that amazing? It, this is an amazing story. A real amazing story. But there's two things in the scripture that I want you guys to remember and to think about. First thing is, Joshua spoke. He said. The scripture said, Joshua said. The second thing is, well, the first, he spoke to God. He didn't speak to anyone else. He spoke to God. But that was not all he did. The second thing is he spoke and prayed to God in front of the whole nation of Israel. The whole nation of Israel. He shouted loud and said, 
God Almighty, may the sun stand still today and may the, may the moon. And the, I mean, it was just amazing. Now, this is a very important aspect we need to look at. Very important. Joshua didn't go and pray alone. He didn't go around the corner and say, guys, just go on fighting so long. I'm going to be back now. And he went around the corner and he prayed by himself. No, no. He prayed aloud. He had such a powerful public prayer that everyone could hear. And that was why he did it. He wanted everyone that stood around him to hear what he said. He wanted them to hear how in faith and how in boldness he prayed. You see, there's nothing wrong to go into your room alone and pray. That's amazing. Even Jesus said, when you pray, go alone into your room and pray, but not in this instance. Joshua wanted his faith to be activated in front of everyone. But see, there's so much power when we declare a bold prayer together in unity with everyone who's standing with you. Now, see, Joshua spoke up spoke up with a promise in his heart. See, they, he had a promise in his heart that God said, this land will be your land. And he had so much faith and confidence in God's promise that he made such a bold statement in front of everyone. That's like believing the promise that God has for you. So much more. Now, now Joshua was making a declaration in faith. He was proclaiming that when God promised something, he will, he will go so far that he will make the sun and the moon stand still. That's how much faith Joshua had in this moment. Now with this sermon today, I trust God that we all would come like Joshua. will claim that promise that God has for you. And we will step out boldly in faith. You see, if I speak here, all of us are sitting with circumstances and challenging challenges and, and things in our lives that we need to have faith for. But how bold is our faith? How bold is our faith? See, it's very important to know that Joshua spoke to God. But he also spoke to the sun and the moon. Do you realize that? He, he didn't say, God, make... So he, said, he didn't say, God, will you make the sun? He said, sun, stand still. Moon, move. He spoke to the sun and the moon. See, he addressed his circumstances. He addressed that impossibilities right in front of him. He addressed it. He said, listen, we need more time to defeat these guys. I'm not going to stop and continue tomorrow. We're going to finish it now. Sun, stand still. Now. Isn't that a boldest thing? The boldest thing you've ever heard? See, he had faith for the miraculous. It's incredible. Now today we know that it wasn't the sun and the moon that actually stood still. It was actually the earth. It was actually proven. It wasn't the sun and the moon that stood still. It was the earth that literally, the earth itself, stood still. See, Joshua didn't have the knowledge about the galaxies um, that we have today, but what he did is he addressed his circumstances directly. He directly said, stop. Because he knew he had authority. He was a son of God. And then the earth stood still. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Now we need to realize that for the earth to stand still, Listen to this. And this is quite, it was for me, it was quite a revelation. For the earth to stand still, it means that the whole galaxy and the whole universe have to stand still. Because we are the center of the universe. God built the universe around earth 
So when earth stands still, it means that everything around it stands still. Isn't that a wow moment? <laughs> That's amazing. That's exactly what happened. Now Joshua, a normal man, a normal human being, just like me and you, commanded the universe to stand still and God listened to him. God listened to him. Think about that moment. I don't know about you, but I trust God to constantly grow in my relationship with him where I can see God consistently move as I activate my faith. Now, I'm not, this is not just a magic trick where I swing my wand and God do things for me. But I'm a son of God. We have authority as sons and daughters of God. Whenever we say, it needs to be so. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, you are the redeemed of the Lord. Whatever you say is so. There's authority. When some of you here that, that has children and sons, if your son comes to you and say, Daddy, I want an ice cream, and it's a hot day, and, and I mean, it's a lovely to, to get your son an ice cream. But God is so in love with us as sons and daughters that he wants to listen to us. He wants to move on our behalf. He wants us to rule, as he said to Adam. Rule. I give you all this, now rule. Now let's just pause here for, for <laughs> just for a moment in this wild moment. I mean, this is amazing. This is an amazing miracle. But some people might still think, but Henny, is this just not just another Bible myth, you know? I mean, there's some things in Bible, I, did, I mean, maybe the translation is not right. Maybe the wording was right, was not right. But someone asked me once, like, Henny, do you think we can prove that scientifically? I thought, let's go and check it out. And they actually did. NASA has a research facility in the Greenbelt, Maryland, where they can predict the historical position of the sun, the moon, and every planet thousands of years back. They can actually do that. They've got the software, they've got the computers, they've got everything. They know the movement of the, I mean, I mean, it's just amazing. Now, this facility, years and back, when they installed this, they started running historical timelines. Now, why did they want to do that? They've got all the best scientists in the world who make every satellite in the in, in, in around Earth. They put them in orbit to make sure that there's no collision course between any of them. And because of that, they need to plot in history all the meteorites, all the stuff, all the planets. So they were running the software thousands of years back into history to make sure that their plotting is right. Now, to do all these calculations, they, had, they have this sophisticated computer software who's running this thing. Months and months and years. Now, years back, they were, while they were doing this thing, suddenly the computer stopped and there was red lights, warning lights, and they, and they said, warning, there's a day missing. There's a whole day missing in this. They can't calculate. There's an error. And, the, I mean, the scientists was like, what is wrong? I mean, how is this impossible? And they were thinking, and after days of studying and recalculations, one of the scientists actually remembers a Bible school story of Joshua remembers that Joshua said to the sun and moon to stop and it was a full day and he said wait wait guys it might be stupid my, I don't know all of you um, believe in God but this is what happened let's just put a day in and calculate it in that specific day and they and it's like okay well we can't lose anything and they did it they they put all the info into the computers and they recalculate and the computer still came up error 
I said, recalculating, there's still a problem. There's still red lights. And now they're warning, okay, but I mean, this, this is not right. I mean, how can, this, how can this actually happen? And the computer came out and it says, there wasn't just a full day lost. It was, it was only 23 hours and 20 minutes lost. There was 40 minutes somewhere that they still can't calculate. 40 minutes. So the same guy actually had a epiphany. It's like, oh, I remember another Sunday school class. And there, there was actually a king in 2 Kings 20 who actually also spoke to time. Now, Isaiah, the prophet, stood with King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 20. If you want to turn your Bibles to 2 Kings 20, verse 8. Now, what happened? God wanted to heal King Hezekiah. And he said, well, why can I believe this God? How can I believe him? And then Isaiah said, but ask God anything to prove that he is God and he will heal you. And he said, well, look at the sundial. If the sundial moves, then I know God. Now, but let's read it. 2 Kings 20, verse 8 to 9. If you are live streaming with us, you can turn your Bible there. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It just says it much better. Are you there? 2 Kings 20, verse 8 to 10. It says, Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, what sign will the Lord give to prove that he will heal me and that I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now? Then Isaiah replied, this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as he promised. Would you like the shadow on that sundial to go forward 10 steps or backwards 10 steps? The, then he said, the shadow always moves forward, Hezekiah replied. So that, so that would be easy. He said, no, don't let the thing go forward. Let's, let it go back. I mean, it always goes forward. Then he says, make it go back 10 steps instead. So the scientists immediately dove into the history books. They calculated the shadows of a sundial and how much. And they said 10 steps of a sundial was exactly 40 minutes. Exactly 40 minutes. Isn't that amazing? They calculated that and exactly they found the lost day. That the computers couldn't calculate. Now let's get back to Joshua. Let's look at the next verse. Now we just read Joshua 10 verse 12 and 13. But let's look at verse 14. And this is where I want to get to this morning. So go back in your Bibles to Joshua 10 verse 14. I'm reading again from the NIV. It says, There has never been a day like it before or since. Now he just said, Sun, stand still. Moon. Don't move. And then it says, There has never been a day like this before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting with Israel. Now there's other, other translations that you can go on. It says, the New King James says, There was not been a day when the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man. There was other scriptures, other translations says, There was never been a day where the, where the Lord obeyed the voice of a man so what is important for us to realize here today that God just don't God don't just want to listen to us he wants to fight with you he wants to fight with you in your challenges and your and your circumstances you want to see that through he he's not just there up above and see what no no he's with us every day he wants to fight with you See, our circumstances will never be greater than our God. Never. Never. It feels like it. 
But we don't go by feeling, we go by faith. The feeling comes after the faith. But let me ask a question. You know, I like to ask questions. How did Joshua, a normal man, like any of us, like us, how did Joshua get to a place where he could pray and see God move on his faith? I asked that question. I said, Lord, how am I different than Joshua? But how did Joshua have so much faith that he could speak and the sun stand still? You see, this was one of the greatest miracles the Bible and the Old Testament's ever seen. It was not just one man who was raised from the dead. Or, or, and I, mean, I mean, I'm not talking about Jesus, but, but one man said, Earth, stand still. And earth, I mean, it is absolutely incredible. Now, see, we can learn a life principle by looking at the life of Joshua. And how he got to a place where his life, through his life, his faith became so strong and so believing God in a promise that he could say something and, and God would do exactly that. Now we can see the right key in the beginning of Joshua's story. If you go to Joshua 1, where God appointed him as leader over the Israel. Now let's go to Joshua 1 verse 8. Before I, I'm, I'm landing. Joshua 1 verse 8 in the New King James Version. It says the following. Are you there? Okay, listen, that's fine. Okay, it says, now you all know the scriptures. Very good. It says, the book of this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. This is an absolute amazing scripture. It is a principal key for us as, 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 as believers of God. You see, God gave Joshua a very important principle. And it's still applicable to us today. You see, God told Joshua that there is one important thing that you could never forget. Never, Joshua. Never forget this. And if you have ever want to be successful in life... You need to make sure that God's word is your principal, most important thing in your life. That God's word is close to you. That that's your most precious possession. It's the word of God. Now, just pause there. Joshua only had five chapters of the Bible by then. He just had the letters that Moses wrote. That's all the word he had. We have so much more today. We have epistles and chapters of the Bible that is amazing and it's so much more applicable to us today than then so what does it mean do we think about it only on sundays do we take that word and apply it on sundays when you hear the word or maybe just in your quiet times or do we do it more you see god said make sure this book of life will never leave your mouth Never stop speaking it. Always meditate on it. Notice that the Lord instructed Joshua to speak the word of God and meditate on it day and night. That's quite challenging. I don't know about you. It's challenging for me. <laughs> I mean, we can't walk with the Bible all day like this. And then just, it's impossible. We need to live our lives. We need to work. We need to do things. But what did God really mean? You see, notice the Lord didn't say... Reading the word was never mentioned. 
He said, meditate on the word. Now, of course, it's obvious you can't speak and meditate if you haven't read anything. I mean, it's, it's stupid. But many people stop at the mere reading of the word, thinking that that will produce everything they need. See, it's not the promise of the verse. The verse said, read it, get it into your heart, then meditate on it. Then meditate on that thing. Now, the word meditate means to focus your mind on. Focus your mind on. And if you read a, a scripture, and that scripture is like, wow, that's amazing. Then focus your mind on that. Meditate on it. Start r- thinking about it. Thinking. And the more you think about it, the more it's like, Man, maybe I should go and read, go and look at some connections to the word. And I mean, that's how sometimes the word starts breaking open to me because I meditated on one little scripture. And there were so many vertakkings, if I can use Afrikaans word, to it. I, j- I mean, I just found gold out of one scripture. Now we need to constantly remind ourselves that God's word brings life into every situation and every challenge. No matter how challenging things you have in your life, no matter what the circumstances is, no matter what you are facing in life, His word brings life into that situation. We just need the word. I have a, I have a one of my spiritual leaders. He's like our spiritual dad. And I learned this from him. Every time he faces the most challenging thing ever, he would wake up maybe in the middle of the night stressing, having stomach ache. And then he would wake up, just take his Bible, go to the kitchen table, just open the Bible, just start reading. If it's applicable or not, he just starts reading because he knows that there is life in the Word. And as he reads that, God actually starts breaking open things in his life and he always said he need firstly when i start reading after five minutes peace comes and there's just peace in my heart sometimes i can go back to sleep you see as we do life as we do grocery shopping as you exercise as you as you work in a garden as you do meditate on the word start speaking that life over your circumstances and that's what we do that's like Ben, as you pray for that stuff that you plant and that, that all the vegetables that you work with. I mean, that, that's what we do. I mean, Neil says, if you're selling cars, let's speak to that car. I mean, tell him the circumstances that God has planned for him. I mean, that's how you're going to see that miracles. That's how we see the things and change the things that we are, tr- are trusting God for. See, if we do that, we will start seeing life in our circumstances. Life. Sometimes I just say life in Jesus. Lord, I just speak life over this. I know your word says life. John 10, 10. Enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But my God gives life in all abundance. Life in abundance. And then mostly I just put my hand on something. I just, I just speak life over you. Why? Because I'm a son of God. I can speak life. Now when you constantly meditate on that life-giving word, it has a tremendous effect on everything around you. It has to. John 15, 5. You don't have to turn it. You all know it. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remember that scripture? Then he says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, I love the scripture. He says, I'm the vine, you the branches. Just make sure you attach to me. And then in me, you will get life. If you are in me and I am in you, you will get life. 
See, it's in that place we can start to speak to our challenges and our circumstances and remain or remind them that God, what God's Word says. See, if something doesn't want to sell or something in your business doesn't want to work or thing, things doesn't want to move, something just gets stuck, just remind that thing who you're serving. And if you remind that thing and say, I serve a God who created heaven and earth, who, who listened to the voice of a man who had enough faith to let the earth stop. I'm serving that God and I'm telling you circumstances to stop and to shift. <laughs> and you will be amazed. You see, Joshua was so saturated with God's word that he, I mean... <sighs> He was saturated with God's word and knew that God promised so much to them and he won't let them go now. And because he meditated on that promise of God, he could say to the sun and moon, stop. He didn't know the earth was going to stop, but he just said, I see the sun. Don't go down. You will stay right there. That's how powerful it was. See, his faith had no doubt in that, in that challenge. He had faith. And he knew that that challenge had to bow before God. Now, I believe that 2020 might not be one for the books. <laughs> it won't be one that everybody, it's like, oh, we, we want to remember 2020. But I believe that, that 2020 will end better than most years. I've got the belief of that. And I'm starting to speak that. I'm starting to speak life over everything. Just said, Father, I pray and I trust you that, that there will be amazing things happen in the last four months of this year. That you're going to end this year like no other year. Why? Because I'm speaking to my circumstances. It's time for us to speak to our circumstances in authority. Why? Because we have authority. We have authority as sons and daughters of God to speak and to see things happen. I remember when I was in London, as I closed today, um, I was a professional runner for 10 years. All of you know that. And, and I got injured just before the 2000 Olympics in Sydney. And I mean, I was, I was just a bad time in my, year, I mean, in my life. I was so discouraged of working all my life to get there. And then suddenly nothing happened. I was thrown out of the team six weeks before the games. And, and um, so I went for an operation and then, after the operation, I got hurt again. And I just decided, listen, I'm going to go to London. I'm going to spend six months, whenever, how long it takes, I'm going to spend time there till I'm, till I'm okay. <laughs> that was a very immature move, but I did it. So I went to London and I got there. Now I need to, need to get a job. And I only had a, a couple of pounds my dad borrowed me that I had to pay back. And, and so I know I had two weeks of, of money left. Buy two pr train tickets for two weeks and then I need to live and but I need to get a job before that. And I was stressed until one morning I woke up and I just, but it doesn't help me to stress. I'm going to take the word. I'm just going to start confessing scriptures over my situation. Man, and I took scriptures and I took every scripture of provision that I knew. Philippians 4.19, that my God shall supply in all my needs through his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, Ephesians 3.20, that my God can do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think through the power that work within me. That's my faith. That's my words. That's my confession. And I just went on like that for, 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 for weeks until the last day. Well, I think I had two days left of food money and I had a, plane t uh, not a, plane a train ticket for a week left. And I had... 
many interviews and many CVs and many things and nothing happened. And I was at home this morning and I, that morning and I prayed and I just said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't just be here two weeks, three weeks and again go back home. I'm wasting money. Um, I want to take time out. I can't go back and run. I mean, I need to do something. And I was thinking that thought and my phone rang. And it was this guy that I sent a CV in like three weeks ago. I forgot about it. And this guy, listen, I know it's short notice, but can you come into the interview within half an hour from now? And I thought, well, it's going to take me 20 minutes. With I was like, listen, I'll make it work. I'll come. I didn't even shave. I was like, man, I'm over it. I, was gonna, I went there. I just sat there and in an interview. And it was an interview for a mobile fitness manager because I'm a qualified sports scientist and um, I was trained in, in all the gym facilities and I can do, I mean, I could do all those things. And he sat and he looked through and I gave him a bunch of half answers and I was like, I don't care. I just, I just want to go home. I'm discouraged. And I stood up and he said, listen, I'll, we'll let you know as soon as we can if you have the job. I said, yeah, whatever, sure. So I went back, I had a coffee and as I got out of the train to walk back to our flat, my phone rang. It was the same guy. He said, well, listen, you don't want to wait till tomorrow. You got the job. I said, what? And he said, but by the way, what, do you, what, what would you like to earn? <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I mean, d don't you need to tell me what I... I said, no, no, we've got an allowance, but what, what did you think might be a good salary? For I think, well, maybe 1,200 pounds a month. You know, that was, a long, was 15 years ago. And the pound then was 20 to 1 like now. He said, yeah, yeah, that might work. When can you come in? Tomorrow. I was like, what? And I walked back and I was teary in my eyes and I thought, Lord, I underestimated the power of your word and the power of my confession. And I had emotions come and cloud my authority that I had. And in that moment, I started repenting on my way back home and said, Father, may I never doubt you again. You told me to come because, by the way, God told me to come. He gave me scripture upon scripture that says you will go for six months. And I just obeyed. And I must say till today, that was the most significant six months of my life. Significant. I met Jesus face to face. I'll, uh, some of you heard the testimony. I'll tell that once. I had incredible moments with my God. But the most incredible thing was that I found him in the word in my confession time. Just 10 minutes every morning, I took my confessions and I just started confessing it over my circumstances. I'm still doing it today. Still doing it today. I can, I can, I can share our, all my confessions with you. There's confessions on apps that you can use nowadays. But that changed my life when I started speaking to my circumstances and it moved. Now let's make sure that we fill ourselves with more of Him daily. And we fill ourselves with that word and that confessions every day. And, and, and then let's be obedient to his call. When he says go, let's go. When he says stay, let's stay. When he says proclaim, confess, let's do it. Amen. I want to pray with us as Salome plays. And I just want to pray that, that God will lift some circumstances in your life to, today. That there's some things in your life that you feel, oh, Lord, I feel weighed down. I feel that things is not clicking as it needs to. When we mess up, when we miss it, when we make mistakes, we're not perfect. 
But you know what? His word in our lives is perfect. It is. And when we trust God with that, things start moving. And then God actually wants to listen to us because I think God is excited to see our faith. And he can't help to just, do, I mean, he loves moving with our faith. One of my mentors always said, you can have faith, but it's, uh, so you can trust God for, for everything. You can have needs, but it's only faith that will shift God's hand over your life. Only faith. You can cry and moan and, and do a lot of things, but it's only faith that will move his hand. Because God is a God of faith, not emotions. It's good to have emotions, but God loves our faith. Let's stand, stand with me this morning. I just want to pray with all of us. And uh, I just want to trust God with us that, that, that as Joshua stood in one of these amazing battles, that he saw his circumstances move because... Oh, you want to go back. Okay, are you okay? There we go. Let's just pray together. And let's ask God. Father, we thank you. Lord, you know every one of our hearts here this morning. You know everyone who's here. Everyone who's on live stream this morning. You know their circumstances. You know their hearts. You know where they are at. And Father, I pray that, that you will give us the boldness, the faith to tell to to speak to our circumstances and know that you are moving and shifting it. Lord, we know, God, we know that you are ready to act. Lord, we want to proclaim that we are bold enough to ask. We are bold enough to ask this morning. I want to encourage you to ask God this this week to ask him to tell him what is in your heart. Tell him how much the these and that and those circumstances are weighing you down. And then in faith, start speaking life. Where you feel that there is discouragement and death. Because God is a God of life. Father, I thank you for miracles in our lives. I thank you for miracles in our bodies and our minds and our emotions. As we... As we apply your word in our lives, I pray that that you will build a routine into our lives where we confess your word and where we speak life over everything in our businesses, in our in our families, in our finances. And I thank you, Father, that there will be testimony upon testimony of you coming and meeting us and showing us how you fight with us how you fight with us. Father, we thank you this morning for everyone who's here, everyone who's watching on live stream. Thank you for, for being part of, of our church. Thank you, Father, that, that you are the center of everything. We pray for every church here in town today. May your presence be there. May people hear your word today and their lives being changed. Thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.